Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. Teaching our kids marital respect. We're teaching them to respect the marriage relationship, that it's a priority and that it's very, very important. And as we teach them on this side of their own marriage, they'll carry that Mm -hmm. into their own marriage. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. Today, I am not alone. Today, I have my husband, Mark, with me. Hi, honey. Hey. So fun. Hey, guys. Yeah. It's been a while since you and I have um, done an episode together. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And we're going to talk today about spending time together intentionally as a couple. And we're going to start with a story. So it was a Friday night Mm -hmm. and I took the kids to friends. They were going to watch them for the evening. Mm -hmm. And on the way home, I picked up Chinese and you, Jill, had arranged for uh, or you had set out a blanket Mm -hmm. and lit some candles. Yeah. And we were going to enjoy an evening meal together and watch a movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so uh, I set out the the meal and Mm we uh, turn on the movie. Yep. And then it just so happened that you were reaching for an egg roll. I was. And as you reached for that egg roll, your arm caught the candle and then poof. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You were ignited, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I was. Oh my gosh. It was like, it was like the sweater that I had on was flammable. Right. It said, light me and it did. (laughs) And then I remembered from kindergarten, stop, drop and roll. Yep. And you threw me to the ground. (laughs) I did. And I rolled you. And as you laid there smoldering, I was very concerned. You were. You were. I was laughing. I was laughing because I really didn't get burned. It all happened so fast. I mean, I lost the hair on my arm. But other than that, I really didn't get hurt. Yeah. And as as I I was assured that you were okay. Yep. Then I started laughing, (laughs) and the first thing that came to my mind after I was sure you were okay, uh, I voiced to you, you know, Jilly, I thought tonight was going to get hot, and this took it to a whole new level, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about um, intentionally spending time together and uh, being uh, intentional about having date nights. Mm -hmm. But more than date nights, we're going to talk about three types of dates Mm -hmm. that every couple needs to be intentional about. Right. And you and I have found that these have been um, important in all seasons of marriage. Right. When our kids were little and even now in the emptiness season of life, these are still very important times that we spend together. Right. And sometimes they are quick. They're, you know, it depends on which one we're talking about, uh, particularly the daily dates. They're quick dates. Um, you know, people think of the word date and they think of, Oh, dinner, movie. They think of it's expensive and they think it's going to take a lot of time. Right. What we're really talking about, I'd like to, I'd like to replace the word date with connection. Yeah. Three types of connection. Right. Your marriage needs. Yep. And I think that's the key here is the kind of connection uh, that you maybe need to up in some way. Right. All right. Right. So um, in general, what we're going to talk about is that we need daily dates. We need weekly, biweekly, regular dates, and we need annual getaways. Okay. Let's go back through that with connection just to cover all the people. Okay. So we need daily connection. Yep. We need weekly, bi-weekly, regular connection. Mm-hmm. And then we need annual connection. Yep. If we kind of change that to the word connection. So let's dig into those and, and really have a better understanding of what it is that we're talking about and why are each of these important. Right. Okay. So the first one is a daily date and a daily date is not dinner and movie every single day. No, no. (laughs) A daily date will look, I mean, everybody has to find their daily date routine, their daily connection routine. Mm -hmm. And you have to find what works for you in the season of life. Right. So when our kids were at home, this was, uh, we either called it kitchen island time or porch time. Mm-hmm. Depending on if it was winter or summer. Right. Because porch time was in the summer when we could um, be outside. Be outside. Weather and, permitting. Exactly. Yeah. And then kitchen time was in the kitchen. And um, that was usually in the winter. And what we would do, this was 15 minutes. Right. 15 minutes. And for us, we found it important to do it. Uh, either right before dinner or right after dinner, mm-hmm. just depended on the season of life we were in. And if kids had sports or, you know, right. Uh, we were Ages. always renegotiating that, right. it seemed like. But it was a huge priority. And I found it incredibly powerful because it helped us not only connect after being apart for the day, but it connected us for the evening. It did. And, and in fact, in the beginning, if I remember right, you and I actually did it after the kids were in bed. Um, we had that daily connection time after the kids mm-hmm. were in bed, which was important. And we still kept doing that, but we added this daily connection time after dinner or before dinner. And the reason we did is because we were experiencing conflict in the evenings. And that conflict was because we had differing expectations of what right. the evening would look like. Right. 
So, you know, we'd finish dinner and you'd be like, you'd announce, I'm going to go work out in the shop. But in my mind, I was thinking, I wanted to go to the grocery store with no children. Right. And so then I'd be frustrated because you just headed out in the shop. And now that means I'm on kid duty in the house. And that means ultimately I'm on kid duty, you know, to get everybody ready for bed. And so I would find myself frustrated, uh, Mm -hmm. bitter. I, of course, I didn't ask you for what I needed. I now know that that would have been important. Um, But when we moved that connection time up, what happened is we would just ask each other two questions during Mm -hmm. that daily date. How was your day? Right. And we'd listen well, like we'd really, we'd listen and um, tune in. Ask we, questions. We would. We, yeah. we practiced something else that we teach, the three-question technique, which is asking three questions before changing the subject to something right. else or talking right. about yourself. And we would use that. And so um, how was your day? And then the second thing was, what do you need this evening? Yeah. And then that way we worked as a team mm-hmm. through for the evening. So, right. you know, if, if it was, uh, we were sitting on the porch and, and you said, well, I really want to go out and work in the wood shop. I want to work on some projects. Um, then he would, you would say, what is it that you want this evening? And I would right. say, well, I really want to go to the grocery store with no children. And we would then begin to negotiate. Right. Okay, how can we do both? Mm-hmm. You know, so I remember I can remember one particular night you said, all right, I'm going to go out then and I will work in the shop for how about I work for an hour and a half and then I'll come in whether I'm done with my project or I'm not. I will come in mm-hmm. and wherever you are on helping with homework or getting kids ready for bed or whatever, uh, wherever you're at on that, then I'll pick it up and you can go ahead and run to the grocery store for, mm-hmm. before it's too late. So our little daily connection time there, let us first tune in to each other and and how the day had been mm-hmm. when we've been apart. And then second, uh, work together to make the evening a win-win for both of us. Right, right. And that was uh, such a game changer for us. Uh, it also surprisingly impacted our children in a very positive way. We noticed that when we were uh, using like engine terms, fire, firing on all cylinders, mm-hmm. the kids were more at peace and more content. Yeah, they were because they saw right. that people were, uh, that, that we were connecting, that their parents who mean the world to them. And, and that's the thing. Kids our tendency is to let the world revolve around our kids. It does a disservice right. to our kids. Yeah. They need they need to know that that the world, the family world actually revolves around the marriage because the marriage is the foundation. Right. I mean, really, it revolves around Jesus, but right. Outside of our faith, you know, experience, it is the marriage relationship that is the foundation of the family. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be the priority. And and that gives our kids security. Now, they're not going to make it easy. They're not going to make it easy to go away 
right. or to take some time for each other. They're not going to make it easy to do that, but it's still important to them um, because it speaks security to them. I can remember when the kids were younger, we would say to the kids, uh, barring blood, death, <laughs> Yep. Uh, mom and daddy are going to uh, take 15 minutes yep. and we're going to talk about our day and talk through what it, our expectations are for this evening. And then uh, we'll interact with you guys, but you, you can't, can't interrupt us. You can't interrupt us. Yep. And I could remember the kids. I can still see them kind of sitting around at our feet playing mm-hmm. and just so content. And actually they would hold us accountable if we, were we ma- didn't have our our couch time or our porch time or our right. kitchen time or whatever Just it was. Mommy and daddy time. If we didn't have it, mm-hmm. they would say, uh, "Are you guys going to do your time tonight?" And oh yes, we will. But life might have uh, slowed it down. But mm-hmm. but it was it was really an impact for the whole family. Yeah, and not only that, but it it shows our kids. It's a role model for our kids future marriages, right? That this, you you know, moms and dads need to take time for each other. Um, So, so that would be a little bit of a formal daily date, but there's some, also some informal daily dates that we can have. Um, It might be that you take a wet or dry erase marker and put a note on your spouse's rear view mirror in their car when they're not looking. And right. the next time they get in their car, they see that note. Or you write a note on the bathroom mirror. Um, it could be uh, leaving a sticky note mm-hmm. and tucking it in their calendar for right. them to find. Or maybe a little card with a note on it. Just There's so many different ways that we can connect with each other on a daily basis. Uh, another way is through some of the Bitmoji apps. Yeah, that's we become have a, really enjoyed that. Yeah, that has uh, really been very, very helpful, and and that makes me think of our Flirt Alert um, resource. Right. We created a resource called the Flirt Alert. And, and why did we create that, Jill? Oh, I don't know, Mark. Why did we create that? Because a rumor on the streets were that <laughs> you you are a terrible flirt. <laughs> and I like to flirt. And <laughs> that's so true. It oh is. my gosh. Yes, yeah, so after our marriage crisis and as we talked about, we talk about um Mark and Jill 1.0, which was us before our marriage crisis, and Mark and Jill 2.0. Mm-hmm. which is us after the marriage crisis. And um, when we talk about that, um, you know, and, and when we were becoming 2.0, we talked about some things like, um, you know, what is important moving forward? And right. for you, it was that you really wanted me to flirt. And you spe- you specified you wanted me to flirt by text. Yeah. And well, really, and, and these I are know, daily dates. That, right. That's what these are, too. Daily dates and just a daily connecting point. Uh, really, uh, in a way, it communicates, I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. And our lives are both busy, but it's nice to kind of deviate and say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what flirting is to me. Yes. And so I was terrible about doing that. And I thought, I need 
help. So I sat down one day and I came up with 66. I don't even know why I ended up at 66, but that was the number I came up with. 66 little phrases that I could just quickly text to Mark to flirt with him. Mm. And, um, and I, and I would set, I set an alarm on my phone and the first time that Mark learned that I was setting an alarm on my phone. I thought that was terrible. (laughs) I was like, you need an alarm to think about me, (laughs) but, but that's the way you're wired. I'm, I am, I, I am super focused. So when I'm working on a project, I'm not thinking of something else. And I knew that for me to prioritize something that was super important to you, mm-hmm. I literally had to do something to prompt myself. Right. It, and that there was nothing wrong with that. So I, um, so I had my little list and I would, I would send those notes and, um, and eventually, um, I turned that into a free resource that, you can get, we'll make sure and include that in the show notes. Um, but the flirt alert that you can get as a free resource, if you need some help in the flirting area. And then we discovered the Bitmoji app and, um, we use the Bitmoji app all the time with each other. Um, and gifts, you Mm -hmm. know, doing the, um, you know, just fun little uh, gifts and, and, and I'm saying G I F not gifts with a T at the end right. of it, but G I F the one, you know, those are just fun ways to connect by phone and by text. And, um, the Bitmoji app, uh, is a, I mean, I, I like to call that, uh, text flirting for dummies. I mean, oh. it, it really, all I have to do is find a fun little message and, uh, hit, send and I can right. send that to you real quick. And it's got yeah. a little humor to it. And, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a uh, it that has been a great tool yeah. for us as well. I uh, I had a realization this past weekend when we were coaching a couple at our intensive, and I wonder if avoiders are more focused on the tasks that they're accomplishing, and yes. so they're busy, and then feelers are the ones who are more wanting to flirt because I noticed that. Uh, In the couple that we were working with, she uh, she was the feeler. She was the vacillator. And she wanted the daily connection and Mm -hmm. she wanted to flirt. Mm -hmm. And she wanted, bottom line, to know that her husband was thinking of her. Well, she even talked about how important it was that when they went to bed at night, he used to uh, just reach over his foot and touch her foot. Oh, right. And... That was so like meaningful to her mm-hmm. and that had stopped. Right. Okay. That would be a daily date. Right. That Isn't would that be an example. We don't even think about something simple like that being so important for the uh, impact of a marriage. Right. Right. So you just mentioned some terms that people might not be, you and I both mentioned them, avoider, vacillator, um, uh, pleaser. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things we teach in our No More Perfect Marriages seminar, uh, we do talk about it a little bit in our No More Perfect Marriages book, and then we uh, teach it in our uh, Hope Renewed Marriage Intensives. Um, and that is uh, Love Styles. Mm-hmm. It's based upon the book, How We Love. And um, and I I now describe myself, I am a recovering avoider. Mm-hmm. And Mark is a recovering Covering vacillator. vacillator. Yep. Yep. Slash pleaser. 
slash victim because um, he kind of had I got all of love them. style yeah. that he dealt with. And yeah. now we're both more uh, secure connectors. And that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the avoider, the vacillator, the pleaser, the victim, the controller are kind of unhealthy relating patterns yeah. in marriage and in in relationships. Not even, it's not just in marriage. And then the secure connector is the healthier relating pattern. Hmm. And that's so important for um, for us to understand. Uh, we won't go into that here because that would that's another episode that probably would be worth uh, doing at some point in time. Um, but uh, I would uh, highly recommend if you'd like to learn more about that to check out the How We Love book. Um, but you can also we talk we do an entire session on it in our No More Perfect Marriages home edition seminar, right? which we'll make sure and put a link um, to that as well. And if individuals listening would consider our date night membership site, yes, uh, we talk a great deal oh, about, about, I mean, it's a, it was a game changer for us. It just it was. transformed our relationship. Yep. It absolutely did. All right. So daily dates, daily connections, super important for married couples. They are small, intentional points of connection Mm -hmm. and communication. Right. As we were talking about porch time, couch time, kitchen time, whatever you want to call it, um, that we used that not just to connect with each other's heart, but also to communicate and to be on the same page. Another part of daily connections before we leave it, um, and, and this really kind of moves into the next one of, of weekly or biweekly connecting. But there is a concept called marriage meetings. Right. And right. Um, our friends Bill and Pam Farrell have mm-hmm. done marriage meetings. Um, in fact, we have a great interview with them in our No More Perfect Date Night program about marriage meetings. And, um, and those are more uh, a weekly meeting where we sit down, we make sure we're on the same page for the schedule for the week. We, mm-hmm. we share something that we appreciate about each other, uh, yeah. pray together, look at finances, talk about future schedule. So it's a regular weekly meeting. It's almost like a business meeting right? for your mm-hmm. marriage. Um, and uh, Bill and Pam actually have um, some little books that you can buy off of Amazon. We'll include those in the show notes as well yeah. uh, because um, for marriage meetings, they're just a nice little booklet that you can follow almost like an agenda um, template Yeah, um, that, that uh, is very helpful as well. So that kind of takes us uh, from daily connections into weekly, biweekly. Here's the key regular. Right. On the calendar, scheduled, scheduled out for the long term mm-hmm. type of date. Right. And child care is planned out. Yes. Uh, there's no deviating unless someone is sick or some crisis happens, but. But for the most part, you're saying this is important. This is important. It's on the calendar and we're going to do it. Yeah. And And it's on the calendar first. So it's it's like scheduled all the way out. So let's say that, you know, it's I mean, we're recording this in in August and our date nights are scheduled out all the way through December. mm -hmm. And then we renegotiate that in January as we look at the new year. 
Um, sometimes we've had to do that more quarterly, right? Like, okay. What does the next three months look like? Okay. Well that, you know, and then we revisit that in one of our marriage meetings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this still working? Do we need to change it? Because for a while we were doing our date nights on Thursdays and then it just felt like we were having conflicts mm-hmm. all the time and things that we needed to do on Thursdays. I can't even remember all the details, but it was like, you know what? We need to rethink this. Right. And then we moved them to Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you sometimes you've got to be flexible. I think what often happens is we schedule things, it doesn't work, and then we just let it slide. Right. Like, we, no. Yeah. We have to prioritize this. Right. right. Um, child care, you know, a lot of people struggle with the child care piece. Um, first I want to speak to that mom that is hesitant to leave her kids, period. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to tell you for the sake of your children, you need to be right. leaving them, um, for the sake of your marriage, you need to be leaving them for the sake of your sanity. You need, you need to, to be, be leaving, leaving them, them. <laughs> Yeah, on occasion. I mean, and we're not, you know, we're not talking all the time, but on occasion, uh, this is an important part of, um, them also learning how to be, how to begin to let go, right? Um, how to begin to have some independence and uh, how to understand what is a priority that marriage is a priority. You know, we've also seen a dynamic where men are struggling leaving their kids Mm -hmm. because they're working and they're not seeing the kids and they're like, I don't want to leave them. So let's do something as a family. Yes. Well, doing something as a family is is important, but your marriage is a priority and you've got to get time away together and you've got to make that effort so that your marriage will go for the long haul. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, early on in my um, motherhood journey, I read a book and it was by Elise Arndt. And one of the chapters was titled Wife First, Mother Second. And I remember literally just preaching those four words to me, wife first, Mm -hmm. mother second, wife first, mother second. And that helped me to do what I needed to do to make sure you and I had time together. And, um, and you know, we did not live near family. We still don't live near family. Mm -hmm. So having grandma and grandpa watch kids was not an an option. option. Right. We did not have money. We were poor, uh, ministry, (laughs) family and we did not have money to pay a sitter. And so uh, the, the thing that we found is we found other couples that also wanted a date night uh, at our church in our neighborhood. And we traded with them. And that was such a cool thing because it was not only a special evening for you and I, but it was a special evening for the kids, for the kids or a special time because sometimes we would trade during the day, mm-hmm. and uh, so that time frame was was special for them. And our kids still talk about. Remember when we used to go over and play with mm-hmm. whoever? Yeah, and it was all part of our plan to get time together. Was exactly, and you know, I remember there was one mom in my mom's group that uh, she traded. They traded with another couple. But theirs were overnight dates. Mm-hmm. And you and I did this on occasion, but we didn't do it on a regular basis. Um, and they would, one mom would pick up all the kids at school on Friday. And then 
they would have like a slumber party Friday right. night. Um, and then they'd stay the night and go home around noon the next day. And then the, the following weekend or two weeks later, they would flip places. Mm-hmm. So that way, once a month, each of those couples had a night in their own home and a morning in their own home to wake up no children. Right. And what that, a neat gift. Oh, it's just a, I mean, it was, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so very important that, um, that we think outside the box and that we, uh, we are intentional about yeah. taking time for each other. So the important part of, um, a weekly date or a biweekly date is just that it's regular. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're not doing one at all, start monthly. Right. And, and, and then protect it and make it happen and then move it to every two weeks and then eventually move it to weekly if you can, if you can make that work. Mm-hmm. But it's take, it's stepping away. It is, um, stepping away from the, um, every day. It's making sure that you have time with no children present. Right. And, you know, in the marriage, ministry that you and I do with the intensives that we do with the marriage coaching that we do, I would say that we are seeing child centeredness wreak havoc on marriages. Oh, it sure does. I I mean, I am, we just addressed it, um, with, uh, a couple that we recently hosted for a marriage intensive. We just addressed it with a couple that we're coaching. Um, it is, huge and it's wreaking havoc. So what am I talking about? I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two really specific things that we see that are causing, that cause troubles. We've already talked about, um, being unwilling to leave the kids. Right. Okay. And let's say that the kids throw a fit when you are trying to leave, which is common. It's very common. Yep. And you can't let them win. No. You can't let them win. You can re, you need to reassure them. You need to let them know that you love them. You need to comfort them, mm-hmm. but you then need to walk out the door. Right. And, you know, I remember one particular time you had called, you were in Dallas, Texas on a trip. Mm-hmm. It was a Thursday because on Friday I was scheduled to speak in Chicago and you were flying from Dallas into Chicago. And then you were with a group of pastors And you guys were going to drive home from Chicago to our home that was about two hours south of Chicago. And you called me from Dallas and you said, I have a spontaneous idea. Yeah. Meet me in Chicago tonight. And I was like, Mark, you are nuts. And you you were like, no, meet me in Chicago tonight. And I was like, no, I can't meet you in Chicago tonight. And you were like, serious, Jill, we haven't had time. You know, our last few date nights have not, you know, we, somebody was sick or something like that. You're speaking in Chicago tomorrow. I'm going to fly into Chicago tonight, drive home, and then drive back up to Chicago with you. Just meet me there and let's do a spontaneous overnight. And um, I was in the carpool line when you called me. I yeah, remember. I thinking, remember it too. And thinking, this is nuts. I no. think you told me that. I, was I think I did tell you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I am not. I am not. And uh, But guess what was going on in my head? Wife first, mother second. Wife first, mother second. And uh, our oldest daughter was a senior at the time. Mm -hmm. People hired her 
to spend the night with their children so they could go out. Why had this never crossed our mind? I, know, I don't know. I know. But uh, I asked her if she was willing and she was. And so I'm packing the car up, getting things ready to go. And Austin is probably four at the time, maybe three. And he is standing at the door with his nose plastered against the window, screaming at me, Mommy, don't weave me. Don't weave me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, oh, you know, I mean, to be honest, I just didn't want to go because it was a lot of hassle. Right. It's not that I didn't want to spend time with you, but it was just a lot of hassle. And so I kept thinking, oh. Austin, I don't want to leave you, but I need to. And so, you know, I just remember that being so hard. I wanted to make him stop crying. Right. Right. So I right. wanted to let him win, but I pushed through it. And I remember I got on the road and Anne later told me that Austin quit crying within 15 minutes right. of me walking out the door. Yeah. Like it was not nearly the big deal that he made it to be. Right. So you, you've got to push through that. Um, but the two things that I really want to focus on is one, I, I know that there are people out there that believe that sharing a bed with your kids is healthy and it's an important part of detachment and all of that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not one of those people. Right. Well, um, because we're cleaning up the messes. We are. Of. The people of, that have been doing that and their marriage has suffered because of it. Right. Because one spouse, typically the husband, is in another room and or even well, if that's only if they've been that's not if they're all sleeping in a family bed. That is if the kids don't go to sleep on their own and then mom sleeps with one and dad sleeps with the other. Right. Um, or, you know, something along like that. Um, but that is a, it is just not a good habit to get into. No, it's not healthy. And, and we didn't, we didn't struggle with, uh, we did, our kids would sometimes crawl in bed with us in the middle of the night. And yes, you have those nights where you're just so tired. You just let yeah. it happen. But we began to realize, uh, we need to, as soon as they crawl in bed, we need to take them right back to their own beds right. um, because it wasn't healthy for us. But, um, but that is what's happening is we have, you know, we're, we're mentoring couples who have not been sleeping in the same bed for nine years or five years or three years because they're sleeping with their children. Right. And, that is unhealthy. That is child centeredness. And it is a slow fade that is pulling your hearts apart. Do not do that. No. The second thing that I will um, add that we see in that is no bedtime for children. Right. Uh, that the kids are up the same amount of time that the parents are up. Mm -hmm. And that also isn't healthy because you, number one, there is no distinction between parent and child. And number two, you need that connection time mm -hmm. after kids are in bed. Yeah. You, you may need it for just personal refueling, but you also need it for couple time. And even as your kids get older, it's okay if their bedtime gets later, but they can be required to go to their room. Right. And I think that that is super important is that we don't lose, we don't 
lose sight of the the need that mom and dad need some time. Right. Mom and, and dad have to be the priority. Our children need that. Our marriage needs that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a, I can't even remember, I think it was a book or an article I read. It was written by a husband and he was saying that, you know, they realized that as their kids got older, they had less time in the evenings, just the two of them. And they knew that to some degree, you know, that is going to happen to some degree, but they determined that a certain amount of nights a week, the the teenagers had to be in their bedrooms by 9 p.m. They didn't have to go to bed, but they had to be in their bedrooms. They could Mm -hmm. read, they could uh, do Legos, whatever they were into, they could do that, but they had to be in their bedroom. And um, I remember him saying that one of the kids was like, well, what if I come out of my bedroom? And his answer, I loved his answer. Yeah. Well, then you'll see two naked people in front of the fireplace in the family room. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. And I love that. And it it wasn't necessarily that they were were actually going to, um, you know. uh, But he was trying to make a point. He was making a point that this is mom. This is time for your mom and I. And you need to respect it. Yeah. And that really, uh, you know, brings up what I call marital respect. That's what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Right. Is teaching our kids marital respect. We're teaching them to respect the marriage relationship, that it's a priority and that it's very, very important. And as we teach them on this side of their own marriage, they'll carry that Mm -hmm. into their own marriage. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. Exactly. Because you teach them. What we want to do is we want to teach transferable principles right. to our kids. That, principles that transfer from their life to um, or their experience as a child to their marriage when mm-hmm. they're older. And yeah. if we role model that for them, that makes it easier for them to do. Right. Right. All right. So we've talked about daily dates. We've talked about weekly, biweekly, regular on the calendar dates and that's maybe two hours, three hours, you know, that you just take some time for the two of you have fun. Right. You know, one of the things we do for our no more perfect date night members. And it also, we have some of these in our marriage playbook mm-hmm. is creative date nights. Right. And sometimes Those we just, fun. we just need to think outside the box and have some fun together. So if you are in a rut and it's like, Oh, you know, what do we do on a date night? Mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to become a no more perfect date night member. And there's like, 45 dates in different themed dates that we offer for our date night members. And we release a new one every month. Um, We call them design a dates Mm. in our uh, no more perfect date night or get our marriage playbook. Cause there's 10 creative date nights in the marriage playbook. Right. If you just need to think outside the box and have some fun. Um, all right. So we've got daily dates, we've got weekly, bi-weekly, regular dates, and then we have annual getaways. That's mm-hmm. the third type of date, the third type of connection. And this is where we take some time to, maybe it's just an overnight, maybe it's two nights, maybe it's a week's vacation every once mm-hmm. in a while, just the two of you. And we kind of fell into this and understanding the importance of this uh, by accident. Right. Because um, we were given an all-expense-paid trip to Rome, Italy. Yeah. 
by a, a friend of yours. Right. Um, and he was in a, a men's small group with you and he uh, gave us this trip because he had earned three trips for two to Rome, Italy. So right. He and his wife were going. He was taking his wife's sister and her husband who happened to work for him. And then he came and offered the third one. Right. Right. And I remember that it was Valentine's Day. Yep. And I could not believe it. I'm like, I have shot to the top of the uh, charts as a Valentine's hubby. Yeah, because I'm going to come home and my Valentine's gift is I'm going to tell my wife I'm taking her to Rome, Italy. I called your mom. Yep. I got childcare worked out. Before you ever even told me about the trip. I know. I got everything <laughs> because I knew I knew that it was going to be a struggle because honestly, we had never done anything like We'd this. Never done. And it was I think it was a 10 day trip. Yep. And I had only flown once. Yep. And I didn't like it. And I don't like water. So it was flying over a lot of water. And it was leaving the kids. It was. And being on the other side of the world from the yeah. kids. Yeah. And so my initial response when you brought that home was, I don't want to go. Yeah. And I was, I really didn't. I, I mean, I just couldn't imagine that. But guess what was going on in the back of my head? Why first? Mother, Mother second. second. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I knew that I couldn't be fussy. That I needed to, I mean, I was disappointed by your initial reaction, but I also knew that I needed to let it lay and let it settle inside of you. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it took me about a week that I was like enough, you know, wife first, mother second in my brain that mm -hmm. I finally was like, all right, I need to go. I need to go. And so we did. Mm hmm. I cried halfway across the ocean because right. I was just sure that plane was going to crash and my children were going to be orphans. I remember you you cried hard all the way to the airport. Oh, and I was like, I was a wreck. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> and but we got over there and we had so much fun. We did. We had so much fun. We got lost together. We explored together. Mm -hmm. uh, we had long, leisurely dinners together. Tried to order a meal together. In an Italian restaurant that we, nobody spoke English. No. It was disastrous. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we made memories. And yeah. honestly, we fell in love again. You yeah. know, like it was just so refreshing. Mm -hmm. And then when it was time to come home, I was crying again, but it wasn't. For the same reason, I didn't want to go home. <laughs> I remember that. It was oh just what an interesting dichotomy. It you was. Know? Yep. It was. And so anyway, I um, I think we both came away from that and went, this is important. Right. So anyway, you know, an annual getaway might be, you might associate it with your anniversary every year. Mm -hmm. You know, that at the very least, an overnight even if you can't afford to go somewhere, can the kids go somewhere and you stay home? Just right. the two of we've you. We've done that before. Oh my and gosh, we've done that that's several been times. So so pleasurable. Mm -hmm. Just to be wake up in the morning in your own bed and not have to get out of bed. Right. And not have to make people breakfast and right. and, and deal with all of that. Yeah. So um yeah. Don't get stuck on, well, we don't have this and we don't have that and we don't have the money. You know what? Where there's a will, there's a way. 
Mm-hmm. So it is important to um, make sure that you are taking time away from kids, extended time on occasion. And I know, you know, some, I mean, most of us can't like take a one week vacation, just the two of us every year. So what a lot of times, you know, couples will do is they'll, they'll do an overnight for their anniversary or a long weekend for their anniversary. And then every three, four or five years, they take a week. Right. Just the two of them. So something that, you know, you've got out there, you're you're saving for financially, you're planning for, um, that can be that annual getaway. But more more than anything, it's it's how can we just spend an extended amount of time? Right. Anywhere from twenty four hours to a, a week away. Um, and I would say forty eight if you can. Right. Twenty four is good, but forty eight allows you to actually be able to breathe a little right there's a few days to calm calm down and start to relax and then uh the days beyond that to really relax Mm -hmm. so it's it's a great gift to your marriage it is now i want to i want to address before we bring this to a close you know um there are some couples that are some individuals that might be listening to this going i can't even imagine any of this stuff happening in fact we just hosted a couple recently and this couple came to our intensive and they had not been on a trip just the two of them in forever and they've been she- married 25 years yeah, this is a different couple. They hadn't been okay. married that long, but they. Um, oh yes, right. She sent a note and said, "Oh, we're on a trip right now. It was a business trip. My mm-hmm. husband had always gone on them alone because she never wanted to spend that kind of time together because their relationship was in such a bad place." Right. But they came and did one of our hope <laughs> renewed intensives. Yep. Yep, I remember. Things changed. Hmm. And I got that text from her and she said, we are, we've been on this trip. We've had so much fun. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that we invested in ourselves, that we sacrificed to get there financially and sacrificed their time to get to the, the, um, intensive and to make that happen. Because she's like, I would have never come on this trip with him had we not come to the intensive because our relationship was not able to handle that much togetherness. Mm-hmm. But we, we addressed those issues. We dug into that. We got them to the other side of that. And she was now on that trip and she was like, I'm so, I'm so glad. Yeah. We're having so much fun. Right. So even if you're in a difficult spot, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can get better. Right. Get help. It can get better. And then, uh, you know, spending this time together, whether it's a daily date, a weekly date, an annual getaway, um, it will be something you look forward to. And even if your spouse is unwilling to get help, I do want to encourage you to start by upping the daily dates with your own initiative. Right. You know, if you're in bed reaching over and touching your spouse's foot, right? Um, you know, sending uh, sweet texts, yeah. something that you appreciate about your spouse. Um, you know, if you're sitting watching television and your tendency is to sit in two different chairs, move yourself 
over closer to your spouse. Right. There are efforts that you can make that help you uh, to re-engage that connection. Um, but uh, uh, if your marriage is in a good place and you want to keep it that way, make sure that you are taking daily dates, that you are taking weekly dates or regularly scheduled date nights or date days. Mm-hmm. Um, could be breakfast, could be lunch, could be dinner, could be uh, just an afternoon together. And um, make sure that you are doing annual getaways. Yeah. All right. You want to close out in prayer um, for any couples listening or individuals listening uh, that need to put some of these into play? Yeah. Jill and I hope that this has been helpful to you and encouraging. Let's Mm -hmm. pray. Father, uh, you have designed marriage to be a priority. Yeah. And Father, you have designed marriage to uh, be hard work. Mm-hmm. and to be intentional and to be uh, full of decisions that uh, that we make to prioritize marriage. And so, Lord, I pray that you would pour out confidence and courage and wisdom, mm-hmm. that you would help each of us to make decisions that would be uh, marriage-focused, mm-hmm. uh, marriage-priority. And Father, that for every couple listening, that they would uh, be encouraged if they are already taking those date times or those connecting times. And for the couples that aren't, may they be encouraged to take the risk and make that choice. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.